I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. I'm Andy White, joined by... Felice Ailing. Felice. Today we're talking about trust signals. What are trust signals? When we talk about trust signals, we talk about the, the kind of elements and themes and things, really, that help to signify to your end users, your customers, that they should trust you. So it's kind of what it says on the tin. It's an interesting one because... It covers everything, really. It's the the kind of technical stuff. It covers your off-site social. Mm. It goes into offline. It can be the storefront that you have down the road. There's so many different things. And it's about understanding how to showcase that to your customers and why it's important. Mm. You know, why building trust and building a relationship with your customers is important. So this is a very human thing, isn't it? But although it may be delivered by, via many technical channels, it is a very human That's right. kind of, you can trust me because I did this or I have done that or whatever. Exactly. It's all about the end customer. Mm. And the reason why it's all about the end customer, and it's a very people-focused thing, is because you know when we actually look at things like motivating factors for the buying process, you know having trust in a brand and mm. things like recommendations actually come top of the list. So if you aren't building trust with your customers, you could potentially be missing out on, you know, quite a significant amount of revenue mm. from those customers. So even though it's very people focused, it does have a basis in the kind of cold, hard cash at the end of the day. Mm. But this isn't about manipulating the audience, not about um, trying to convince them that you're trustworthy if you're not. This is about showcasing the best elements of your brand mm. and giving your customers the things that they need to feel reassured. So when we talked about the buying purchase, Nielsen actually did a study, I think it was last year or the year before, mm-hmm. um, looking at consumer behavior. And they found that of the people that they surveyed, around just over 90% of those people mm. said that they value recommendations from family and friends above anything else. Yeah. So when it comes to making a purchase or deciding which brand to go with or which product to go with, you know, more than 90% of those people trust recommendations from there's, family There's a kind of a chain of first. trust, isn't there? There is. And I think the idea that people understand that they're being sold to, you know, they understand that, you know, brands are out there to make money and, you know, they'll say yeah. whatever they want on their own websites. So people, you know, you, you tend to refer to then the people you trust. 
So, you know, if my mum uses something and she's found it's really good and she gives me a good recommendation, I'm much more likely to go and purchase it. Yeah. Based on that information than I am based on a TV ad or a, a billboard or an email. However, what is interesting is that just over 70% of the people they spoke to also said that they trust online reviews just as much. Mm. So these are reviews by people they don't know, but it's the idea that they're honest, they're independent, mm. and you can read through people's experiences. You know, the basis of that is that for most of us, it gives us the idea that people like me mm. like this, yeah. in which case I will probably like this. People like you also liked, yes. which is a bit different, I know. But uh, Yeah, you go onto Amazon mm. and, you, you know, well, a lot of other websites, but Amazon are really good at this. And people who like this also looked at this. Mm. And I always scroll that section and quite often I will, you know, go and... Laugh out hysterically as you see things that you'd never buy. <laughs> see, for me, most of the time it is stuff that I would buy. Some of it's a yeah. bit weird. Um, yeah. But, you know, nine times out of ten, there is stuff in no, there. No, I guess it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's normally pretty well. good. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of increasing my average basket value... That you know they do pretty well at that because mm. I'm much more likely to add something in from that section yep. as well as the thing I've gone onto the website to buy. So when we talk about trust signals, there's sort of two or three main elements to it. There's the on-site stuff. So what's happening on your website that is giving off those signals to your customers? Um, what are other people saying about you? So third-party sites, and that could be review sites, bloggers, mm. media. If there's any articles around, and then you've got things like your social presence, which is where you're engaging on more of a personal level. And we'll start off with the on-site stuff, actually try and get a bit more specific <laughs> for people. So trust signals or something that could damage your trust signals is things like broken links. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the kind of quite basic things. If somebody comes to your website and they followed a link or they click on something on your website and it doesn't work, mm. doesn't go where it should, you've potentially broken the trust of that customer because it's a poor quality experience. It shows lack of maintenance. It shows much lack of maintenance and lack of caring. Mm. People do like to feel like they're being cared for, mm. you know, by it being easy, it being a pleasant experience mm. and that they can find the information that they're looking for. Things like, you know, having good quality imagery, you know, if your imagery is a bit poor, if it's a bit grainy, if it's, you know, it doesn't really showcase it very well, if it's just a little bit cheaply put together. Mm. Again, that doesn't help to build trust. So having really good quality images, you know, if it's products, making sure there's images from a few different areas. If you've got video, even better. Mm. You know, video is one of the most important things, you know, for when you're looking at e-commerce, you know, it can drive click-throughs and conversions much higher than standard imagery can. Yeah. Um, so definitely put, you know, put video content up if you've got it. Things like the payment methods that you have. So offering a variety and making sure that you've got most of the basics covered. If you only offer, most people don't, but if you only offer a PayPal as a payment method, you, you may be seen as being slightly less professional, mm. slightly less trusted. So, you know, think about the different payment methods that you offer and make sure that it's giving off the right signal in terms of how you want your customers to see you. Even things like contact details, you know, have you got a phone number available? Mm. Is there an address available on the website? Um, again, you know, these things, if they're not there, there's a sense that you don't want to be contacted. Mm. Or you might be so, you know, when I, I've thought it in the past, you know, if I've seen a company and there's no contact information, you know, the thought that runs through my head is, do they get so many complaints that they, they just don't want people to call? <laughs> so everyone has to write in because they can't, you know, they can't deal with it. That actually really annoys me when I go to a website and I, I've got a query and you spend ages trying to find the contact number. Yeah. Or they don't supply a number. You just have to fill a form in. Yeah. Or it's, a, you know, it's not even an email address. It's a web form. Yeah. You know, and they offer a live chat, but like you said, no phone number. Mm. 
it's about the experience. If you've got a question as a customer, you know, you're only going to hunt so long to mm. get it answered. If, if it's not easy, you'll bounce off and go somewhere else where it is. Mm. So providing that, being really transparent, really clear, and encouraging your customers to contact you is, is just saying, we love to hear from you, we want to help. You know, we've got the answers. Yeah. And we're not shying away from you. So again, that helps to build a level of trust. Things like any badges or awards that you might have, you know, it's a really good idea to showcase them, you know, somewhere in the footer or yeah. somewhere on the site. You know, they can really help just to signal a level of quality. And one of the other things that we talk to customers about, our, you know, our clients about quite a lot is the idea of reviews. Mm. Now, reviews can be tricky ground. Depends on well. There's this old thing, isn't there? Do you leave the bad ones in, or remove them, or, yeah. or or respond to them, or show that you're responding really well to them? Which is probably the better way to go. So often, I think brands what they do is they revert to the safe method mm. of selecting the reviews they like or testimonials and putting those up as static content mm-hmm. on a website. Mm. For the most part, they are pretty ineffective because most customers are pretty savvy, mm. and of course, you are going to put positive reviews on your website so having something like you know embedding a a kind of stream of live reviews Mm. um it is so much better and gives a much better indication to the customer that you're not afraid to show your reviews you're not going to hide them they get a balanced view these are reviews by third party and you know as a website owner you're just pulling that feed through um for them to view so they can see it on your site and don't have to go somewhere else um so you know, while the testimonies, case studies aren't so bad, if mm. you've got more in-depth case studies, especially if you're service-based, they can be really useful. But in terms of, you know, when you're looking at e-commerce or sort of just general, you know, product-based mm. websites, then, you know, leave the testimonials out and get in, you know, get in some reviews yeah, definitely. Um, from actual live people. I've got an interesting story about uh, talking about reviews and the way you handle reviews, actually. We had um, Dave Jackson on the show, School of Podcasting. I was listening to his uh, one of his shows recently. Dave has always been, as a lot of us have, been critical of Blog Talk Radio. I don't know if you're familiar with Blog Talk Radio. It's a sort of podcasting platform, but the quality is very, very low. It's like listening to a phone call. And Dave, as a lot of us, have, has often criticised them. Anyway, he was at a conference recently, and the head honcho from Blog Talk Radio approached him and said, Hi, I'm, I'm such a... I forgot the guys. Sorry. Sorry, I've forgotten your name. <laughs> Anyway, he talked to Dave and he said, thank you so much, Dave, for pointing out these shortfalls. We're going to do something about it. And uh, he actually ended up doing an interview with Dave, explaining what they were planning to do, et cetera, et cetera. And in my mind, my, my respect for blog talk radio just shot up. So just things like that, just responding to criticism like that. I know it was slightly different because it was Dave doing it on his own podcast, mm. but responding to criticism in that way has a tremendous effect. Absolutely. I mean, I think... There's a, you know, there's a scale to it. Mm. And I think, you know, reviews are good. I mean, when we're talking about the trust signals and the kind of signals here, you know, this is the the icing on the cake, really. Mm. This is, um, you know, based on the understanding that you are, you know, a, a pretty decent company. Mm. Um, you do offer good customer service. Your products are quality. You know, that the pricing structure is good, that you have all of these things. You know, you're, you're a decent company and people mm. should, you know, want to buy from you. So, you know, we talk about trust signals. This is really just about showcasing that um, Mm. and giving the customer what they need to feel reassured to buy from you. If you are the kind of company who has negative reviews coming out of your ears, Mm. I think you probably shouldn't be thinking about trust signals at the moment. You're going to be thinking about (laughs) maybe whether your products are 
you might be some work to do on them mm. uh, or your customer service might not necessarily be where it needs to be. Mm. Um, so that kind of stuff needs to be tackled first. But actually reviews are a good way of getting a sense of that. I think often business owners, though you're so ingrained in your own company, you actually just start losing sight of the end customer mm. and start, um, you know, just there's a disconnect between what you would like to provide and what they're actually getting. So reviews are, you know, a brilliant way to get feedback from customers and actually if somebody is bothered to give you feedback it's such a great opportunity for you to engage with those people mm. you know we've seen it happen time and again where companies perhaps had negative reviews you know they haven't wanted to engage with them or they've seen it of people just complaining or they don't feel able to actually do anything about it so what they do is they try and hide them mm. um whereas actually if you tackle them head on you face them you give people feedback you try and engage with those people trying to solve whatever problem it is they yeah. have yeah quite often you'll find you'll turn those people around yeah. and they'll go from complainers to advocates yeah. fairly quickly because that's what most people want. Yeah. You know, it's just for someone to listen to them and hear their complaint and make them feel like they're valued. So on the basis that pretty much your reviews will be okay, you're always going to have some, some dodgy ones in there that, you know, you, you're always going to have customers that haven't been happy. Mm. But as long as you're responding to them and, you know, you're showing that level of customer service, you're showing that you care, don't be afraid of potential customers seeing them. You know, we know if you, you know, if you go into Amazon, every single product, doesn't matter how fantastic it is, mm. is going to have a percentage of reviews in the one and two star yes, yes. rating. And people, you know, will just go, this is not what I wanted. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
But I think, you know, as a potential customer, you might read them just to see what it is they've complained about. Mm. But if the vast majority are in the three, four and five mm. star and they're complimenting it for doing the job that you want it to do, we're pretty sensible as consumers. We're not well, really I think off. what really helps with Amazon as well, they do that really clever thing where they show that little bar graph and they show how many people have said one, two, three, et cetera. That yeah. really gives you an idea of, well, they're, you know, they're, they are in the minority. Most people are saying, you know, four out of five, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and it's all you know. It's all based on things like price. You know, if you're mm. if you're buying something and you know you're buying it at the slightly lower end of the price bracket for that particular product, you know, you're not necessarily going to be looking at something with all five star ratings. Mm. It's probably going to be three or four star, but you're aware of that because you know how much you're spending on it. So you know, the live reviews they absolutely should be genuine. Never get into asking friends and family to go in and put reviews up if they're not genuine. Mm. Um, but really use them to promote to the customer, even if they only read a couple. The fact that you've put them on your site yeah. shows that you, you know, that you're proud of them, um, and you're willing to share that with your customers, which instantly provides that sort of that genuine link. And that, you know, in itself, even if people don't read the reviews, mm. just having them there can, you know, build that trust um, up a little bit more. In terms of the content, that's you know, that's obviously going to be something that's you know can be quite well utilised for a lot of brands. Even if you don't have a massive blog mm. section associated with your website, just looking at the kind of content that you're putting on the page, and if you do have content that's shareable, making sure that you have mm. social buttons. The amount of websites we go to and social buttons are either hidden, you know, somebody's put them in, in a lovely design element right at the bottom of the page, all greyed out. And you just, you, people just don't see them, mm. um, you know, put them right at the top, make it really clear. And also, you know, it, it's always worth going in and making sure that you're sharing it yourself from your own web page. Yeah. Because the idea with the sharing buttons is obviously you're giving people the opportunity to share that content with their networks, mm -hmm. um, which gets you out and about. But if they see that other people have shared that content, they are much more likely to share it themselves. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know what the figures are. I think it's something like four or five times more likely. Yeah. But, you know, and this comes back to the idea that we look to other people to understand what our response to something should be. So, you know, if somebody else, if we go onto a website and we see that a piece of content has been shared four or five times, we're far more likely to then share that piece of content, regardless of how useful we think it is. Even mm. if nobody, you know, if we'd come in and hadn't been shared at all, it doesn't necessarily mean we haven't found that content as relevant, we're just more likely to share it. Um, so, you know, making sure that you're going in and making those buttons really prominent mm. and really, you know, being able to show that other people have engaged with it as well. Yeah. So if we're looking at off-site content as well, obviously the website is one of, is going to be one of the main ports of mm. calls for your customers, but also thinking about engaging with influencers, the so people that influence them, bloggers, mm. you know, is, is a big one. I'm not necessarily going for the biggest, most popular bloggers that have the most traffic, but thinking about the smaller ones that might be creating little communities mm. around your customers and engaging with them. You know, and this isn't about paying to have your content displayed on other people's sites mm. because that's not, you know, that's not something any of us should be doing. We shouldn't be doing that anymore, we viewers, shouldn't be doing listeners. That anymore. No, this is about look. This is about providing content that is going to be useful. So, you know, building relationships with bloggers. Mm you know, talking to them about the kind of content they would really like to share from you and then, you know, responding to that need, you know, really thinking about who their customers are because, a, you know, a blogger talking about your product mm. um, is far more powerful than you talking about your product. If that blogger already has trust built up with that community, mm. 
they, of course, will not want to jeopardise that by sharing something. So we have to be careful these days, because we had uh, this recent thing with uh, Google and uh, guest posting. Uh, so is yeah. this guest posting or is this no. subtly different? No, this is this is providing this is providing genuine, useful, authoritative content. Yeah, that provides value to not just the blogger but their audience and mm. their you know the people that they're interacting with. You know, we, we do we see it on you know sites like Mashable and eConsultancy right. all the time. So somebody you know will write a piece of content for eConsultancy about mm. a particular topic that their audience is engaged with. Mm. So it is guest blogging, but the the nice kind, the kind that we should. So still the blog be doing. stays on their website. The content is kind of about. Yeah. So it's you know I would say you know I would write an article for somebody else's website around a specific topic. Mm. We'd agree that topic. It's something that they want. You know, they know their audience is I guess, is going to be interested in. Mm. So I provide that content. It's my byline. Mm. You know, possibly a link back to my Google Plus profile, but it's written with the idea of that is a channel for me to, you know, share that content with mm. another audience, which, you know, is definitely the ideal way to go about it. Obviously, for I think for, you know, the, the end result is that it's a mutually beneficial activity. Mm. So it's not necessarily giving away loads of stuff for free if it's not actually going to bring you any benefit. But the idea being if you've, you know, you're going to create a relationship with the end user, mm. the end reader, who they may come back and visit your site or, you know, engage with you on social or you're, they're aware of you mm. and you've given them something useful, which then sort of takes us on to social media. Um, you know, the usual Twitter, Facebook, yeah, Google+, Plus, Pinterest, all of the other things, you know, they are a great way to build trust. And I think, that, and I'm, you know, we don't get too hung up on statistics, but there was quite an interesting one that came out a couple of years ago, looking at user behaviour. So when people are searching or researching um, a company, if they have an idea of the product and they just really want to get a bit more information mm. about the company, um, when they search for them, even if their own website appears sort of top of the results and perhaps their Facebook page is a couple down, mm-hmm. there's six times, I think it was six times more likely to click on the Facebook link than the the website itself because okay. it's seen as a, the source of more honest yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in things like websites, you know, you go to the website if you're looking for a phone number or opening times, that kind of standard information. Mm. Um, but if somebody is researching a company um, or a specific product, Facebook is seen as a more trusted source of information. People will be honest. Yeah, I suppose it's more impartial, isn't it? Because yeah. people are, they're not doing it from within the context of your business. They're doing it from the context of their life, I suppose. Yeah, and customers, you know, can write on their Facebook wall so they can respond you know, yeah. to any marketing messages or any, mm. any content that the brand puts out. Customers can actually interact with it. Mm. Um, mm. So you can actually go in and see if people are snagging them off um, yeah, I or suspect, complimenting yeah, them. Yeah, people are going to think, oh, well, I'll, I'll get a more real-world view by yeah. looking at this than looking on the website. Yeah. yeah, well, the website is written by the brand owners, so of yeah. course they're going to say that they're wonderful and all yeah. their products are fantastic. Yes. And, you know, of course they're going to say all of that. So, yeah, social media can be um, a way to engage in a more um, authentic, mm. um, more authentic dialogue. So things like the type of content that you put out on social, think about it carefully because, again, that, you know, all the while your customer is engaging, you're building mm. trust or breaking trust. Mm. And in terms of, you know, in ter- that kind of brings us back full circle. At the beginning, we talked about the fact that family and friend recommendations yeah. are one of the biggest sort of buying signals. That a recommendation can be a like or a share on social media. Sure. Yeah. So I may not 
necessarily ask my mum for a recommendation on whatever it is I want, you know, I'm thinking of buying next. But if I see her share that or share something mm. from that brand mm. on Facebook, I am far more likely to select yeah. that brand to make my purchase from. The vote of confidence, isn't it? The vote of confidence. So, you know, thinking about all of that coming back together, all of these things, most brands can do all of this. Mm. They have all of this. They have social media that they can implement buttons on their page. They can make sure that links aren't broken. They can make sure that the pictures are really good. They've got phone numbers, make sure they're prominent on the website. Mm. You know, all of these things they are probably doing. There are probably reviews out there. If your company, you know, it's very, very simple just to put a little plugin on your site that pulls those reviews forward. Mm. It's about thinking about what the customer is going to take from all those things and how you can, you know, sort of build those, those more, it's one of it's, it's one less of the obvious signals. Yeah, it's one of the many things that you have to sort of spit like juggling balls, isn't it? You got, it's, it it's, is. it's one of twenty seven balls you have to keep in the air. Yeah, it's kind of like what are my trust signals? And I suppose that the, the trick is to cycle around those twenty seven balls as <laughs> efficiently as you can. Yeah. Like, am I doing this? Am I doing that? Yeah, twenty seven. Am like, I doing what this? What is this going to say to my customers? Yeah, you know, and, and really, you know, really thinking about it. But also, I think. Um, quite often we, we don't think about our customers in relation to our own search habits. Mm. And I think sometimes you just, just the thinking about what you look for, if you're buying something or if you're so, you know, cause we do it all the time, we might be selling to our customers, but we're also consumers as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just sitting down and actually taking note of which brands you pick and which ones you're following on Facebook and, you know, what you like about some sites and why you don't choose other brands, you mm. know, really think about it. And making sure that you're taking all that good stuff and providing that for your own customers. Felice, as always, superb stuff. You have finished, haven't you? I have finished. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly, if I, was, uh, I might say food for thought for that because I always say that. <laughs> so remember, people, juggle those 27 balls, and this is one of them, a very important one of them, trust signals. Interesting, actually, Felice, because um, as soon as you said trust signals, I was thinking, oh, yeah, like a podcast. Like but, a podcast. Um, but these are more the sort of subtle little trust signals, weren't they? They are, yes. I mean, obviously the bigger ones, things like actually having a blog, yes. podcast, yeah. all of that added value stuff is is brilliant. But the trust signals are those smaller elements that we just sometimes forget. Yeah. But they can be a massive, you know, massive influence. I think there was some some piece of research, and I do like my research. I like my facts and figures. You do? Yeah, I think it was a Japanese uh, Japanese company. It was a Wednesday. I know it was a Wednesday because I'm a Yeah, I can't remember who who it was, um, but it was quite the interest. The, the figures were something like, you know, for UK consumers, um, for businesses that weren't implementing trust signals, potentially losing out on around nine billion pounds worth of revenue. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's quite a powerful statement. Um, and I think you know, if you're doing all these things, you don't have to go out and do loads of work. Mm. To get this stuff, it's just making sure that it's on your site and it's on social and, you know, you're putting it in the right places. And I think, yeah. you know, just watch that conversion rate slowly climb. Online marketing is like phoning a phone number. You do have to phone every digit, otherwise you don't get through. Exactly. Fantastic, Felice. Thank you very much. Brought to you by Site Visibility. Of course, at sitevisibility.com. If you put a forward slash IM podcast on the end of that, you'll get to our the, the bit of the website where you'll find the podcast if you like going to websites to listen to podcasts. Otherwise, you can find us on iTunes and we do like reviews and ratings, don't we, Felice? We do. And of course, if you want to email us, it's podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and uh, the telephone number if you want to leave. Please phone us because we haven't had many messages recently. No, the the line is still working. I've checked. You're feeting yeah. a bit unloved. Just send us a message, even 
finish, finish just blot. We won't play it on air, we promise. No, only if it's a sensible question. Yeah. Uh, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero is the number there. And it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from... Felice. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 